this morning we're going to be talking all things friends. Um, super important topic because we were made to be in a relationship with God to start with. But um, I reckon as, as we're progressing with technology and things like that, even though we're supposed to be more connected, I don't know about you, but when, when I scroll through my Facebook feed, many times I actually feel emptier and more disconnected than when I started. So this morning what we thought is we'll, we'll have a panel and we'll just discuss some of those hard questions, stuff that we think about but no one ever talks about, and, um, and just we'll, we'll dig out some practical keys and, and see how we deal with friends and what we do. So, hey, here's my panel this morning. We'll just start off with um, introducing them really quickly. So, Barb, if you want to start, just tell us who are you, what do you do, and, um, and how social are you? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Barbara Druber. Um, I'm uh, married to Colin. I've got three grown-up children, seven, almost eight grandchildren. Colin has eight, so between us we're doing quite well. Uh, <laughs> um, and to put it in a nutshell, I am pretty social. Um, I love people. I love being a part of the community, especially the church community, but we're part of the wider community as well, so that's where I want to be effective, whether I'm here or there. Um, so, and I love being part of C3 Church. I've been coming 16 years. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Started off in the green building, so, and then we came here. So, I love the family. I love C3 family. Yeah. Cool, cool, awesome. And next one in our panel, we've got Dan Bowman. Dan, tell us about yourself. Yeah, um, yeah, so my name's Dan. Um, I've been coming here for about eight, uh, I first started coming about 18 years ago. Um, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Trish. Uh, we've got five kids, a dog and a cat. And I'd say I'm pretty, yeah, I've always been pretty social. Pretty, you know, love being around people and, you know, through sports and different things and obviously through church and, yeah, very social. Cool, cool. Awesome. And lastly, we've got Beck Falinger. Beck, how many Facebook friends do you have? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Um, hi, I'm Beck. Um, I'm married to Falinga and we have two boys, Carter and Lennox. Um, I've been coming for 10 years now, which seems like a long time. Um, and yeah, absolutely love C3 Powerhouse. So it's awesome to be up here. Cool, cool. So everyone's saying how much they love C3 Powerhouse. So what I'm getting is that we've obviously made a lot of friendships in this house. So why don't we just dive straight in and, um, and ask these guys some questions about actual friendships. So I'll start with you, Barb. Um, why are friendships actually important to you? Well, I think having friends helps you grow. Um, it, it, it's really important to have good friends, as Pastor John said last week and explained that so well, you know, there's friends in different sort of categories, but I can't imagine doing life without friends because I know from a personal um, point of view, um, my friends have loved and supported me through ordinary times and, and I believe that I'm doing that um, through um, my connect group that we have now, doing that. But it, it's still, again, it's a wider community, isn't it? Um, so it's, it's so important to have good friends, deep friendships, um, some deeper than others. But having said that, I, I can't imagine life without that closeness that, that I enjoy. Right. Yeah. So, so in terms of you were talking about connect group and things like that, mm -hmm. 
What, how, how do you make friends in a connect group? Well, how's that different to seeing them here on a Sunday morning? You've got to be in a connect group. If you're not, just find one. <laughs> um, because it, it's, it's wonderful just the fellowship that we have on Sundays, but definitely it, it goes deeper. And I can honestly testify to the beautiful relationship that um, I've seen grow in, in my connect group with my ladies. Um, and, you know, one will connect with one and the other one and, and sort of start taking care of them. To start off, you think it's because I'm the leader that it's my responsibility, but it isn't. On it. And it's lovely to see it just flowing because they all start looking after one another. And it's right. just been absolutely beautiful through, especially through the COVID time when some have been doing it a little bit harder than others, um, just to see that healthy loving, caring connection through many different ways. Cool. Yeah, And we'll, we'll touch on COVID as well, but Barbara referred to it as a connect group. In this church, we've got prayer groups, we've got course-based groups, so there's heaps of groups that really kind of um, that, that build that environment. But Dan, I'll hand it over to you. Why are friendships important to you? Um, for me, personally, I think it's just having a group of people to share life with, I think, on, on different levels that you know, that's what we're created to do. We're created to be in relationship with, with people and we want to share our experiences and our journey. We want to share that with others. And you know, like Bob said, you know, we all go through challenging seasons and tough times. And you know, I know for me, you know, some of the best friends I have are you know, people I've met in connect groups that I've been a part of or connect groups that I've run. And you know, they've helped me through really challenging seasons, you know, close friends. So yeah, just get you through tough times, celebrate the wins with, you know, experience the things that you love doing, whether it's playing golf or whatever, go out there and do that with your, with your mates. So, yeah, it's, it's just important to have those people around to keep you accountable, you know, and things as well. So there's different types of friends, you know, different different levels, and they're there for different reasons and seasons. But, yeah, just to, just to do life with generally, really. Love it, love it. And, Beck, why are friends important to you? Why are friendships important to you? Um, for me personally, being a mum, um, having mum friends has really helped in those insane moments where you feel like either you're failing or your child is crazy. Um, it's been awesome just debriefing with other mums. I attend a mother's group, which has been amazing. We've been doing a devotion and it's so chaotic because we've, we had it at my house a couple of weeks ago and there was like 12 or 13 like toddlers and babies and kids running amok in my house and we were trying to watch a video and have a discussion. It was chaotic, but we were all in it together and I think if I didn't have my mum friends in particular, I don't know how I would survive um, yeah. being a mum. So. I can attest to that and I see it in Marina. So. And, and really, that's, we, we touched on like church group friends and um, King Solomon, he wrote in, in Proverbs that a, a friendship refreshes the soul. And I think really that's, that's the crux of it. Like um, in church, our friendships, I think they're a lot deeper than any other friends that I've had in my life that, that aren't in church, that, that don't know Jesus and they love Jesus because um, our church friends really understand that it's, hey, it's not just about me, it's actually about you first. And I think we're going to dig into that a little bit. Um, but on that note... So I've got a whole heap of friends. Um, I grew up in, in the ghetto down in Caboolture, and uh, I've got lots of friends there. They aren't Christian. They're still my friends now. But the question I've got for you guys, and Dan, I'll hand it over to you, is are all the people in your friendship circles Christians? No, certainly not. No, I've, I mean, I've, had, I've still got friends now that I've been mates with since school or, you know, before coming to church. 
Um, you know, like I said, I've made a lot of close friends here at church, um, friends through work, things like that. So I guess I don't, you know, become friends with someone based on what their beliefs or whatever are. It's more about, you know, their character and whether we have similar interests or just people I connect with. And, um, yeah, I mean, people, my friends that I have here at church are probably a little bit different where I, you know, they're probably more the ones I'll lean towards with going deeper into certain probably personal things if I'm, you know, seeking sort of godly wisdom on some areas of my life or whatever. I have a circle of friends here at church that I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sort of go to. But, um, yeah, I've got heaps of friends that aren't Christians and, you know, some have come to church since then, some, some haven't and may not ever, but to me that doesn't determine our friendship. Right, right. And let's stay on that real quick because um, I've got a bit of a, um, I guess, a hairy question for you on that. So Paul writes that, um, do not be misled, bad company corrupts character. Okay, so if we're hanging out with people that, that aren't aligned with what we believe, if, um, if they don't want to believe in Jesus, if they don't believe that, um, hey, we're actually here to serve others, how does that affect your character? And what kind of, do you put things in place? Do you let only, you, you talked about, okay, with my Christian friends, I talk about this, but then the other, what, how does that work? Yeah, great question. It's, um, I know in my early my Christian walk when I was still very easily influenced by people, I had to be really careful on where I was investing my time. Like I still had my friends, you know, who weren't part of church, and you know, they're great people and things like that. But just for my personal walk, things that I was trying to get free from, I had to be really careful on who I hung around with and how much time I spent with certain people, and you know, and that cost me some friendships, um, you know, th- throughout the way as well. But I think, you know, end of the day, you know, your foundation in God is strong. And you keep those healthy relationships strong as well. I mean, we're called to, to reach the world. And you can't reach it if you're disconnected from it. Right. So right. it's um, just using wisdom, I think. And you, you, you get that as you spend more time in church, more time with God. And you know, having people in church who invest into you, I think allowing people to speak into you and having at least a couple of people that you're accountable to, whether it's you know, relationships, friendships, letting them speak into you. And um, that certainly does help you know, keep you strong when you're out in the world and... You know, just not putting yourself in situations that are vulnerable, you know, to you. That's great. Uh, you know, we're called to reach the world, so you've got to stay connected to it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Because I remember when we first joined this church, we moved up here, and we didn't know anyone on the coast, so all our friends were Christian. And we made it a point, hey, we still got to stay connected with, with our friends from down south, and we still got to make time for them. But obviously, yeah, the environment that we, that we hung out in changed. We, we kind of like wanted to be more at our house where we have control of um, what gets done and what doesn't get done. But um, that, that's great advice. I love that. I wish I had that advice earlier because it took me a while to actually learn that. <laughs> so, Beck, what about you? In your, in your mummy group, do you have, um, do you have non-Christians attending? Uh, yeah, the, the play group I run on Fridays, we have one mum in particular that has consistently come and she is not a Christian. She has come to one uh, women's conference session, um, but she loves it because, and she comes back again and again. She knows we go to church. Um, often there's conversations uh, about God there, um, but she keeps coming back because she feels loved and supported and there's no judgment. And she can come, she can bring her two kids. Um, some of us cooked her meals when she had her baby recently, and she's not used to that kind of love and care. And as Christians, most of us are Christians, so we are used to doing that because that's what we want to do, um, obviously share God's love. And so without 
speaking about Jesus all the time with her, just loving on her is what makes her want to keep coming back. So, yeah. That's cool. I love that. And I think we've experienced that too. Marina, she's, she's always posting how we, we've got Crowded Connection on. We have all this fun time. And our friends from down south, they, they're always asking, oh, what's this Crowded Connection? How can I be part of that? And it's like, great question. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> so it's really cool. It's shining. It's shining that light of Jesus. I love that, Beck. And for you, Barb, how many um, non-Christian friends do you have compared to Christian friends in your life? Um, I have I have a lot, <laughs> um, and because I was born and bred here in the suburb in Namble, Sunshine Coast, so I've always um, you know had a lot of people. And it's interesting when you're with non-Christian friends that they still respect you, and and um, you know they they sort of um, you know interesting that they often watch their language and all the rest of it. But um, but but they can be absolutely open and I've had lovely times sharing and praying for non-Christian friends. So I think, and I think the more mature I get, I don't say old, more mature, I think I'm, I'm actually being, um, stepping out and being um, a lot bolder and, and being able to sort of, when the opportunity is there, sort of, can I, can I pray for you? Um, my husband's in, in the uh, tourism industry and we get people coming in that are often sick or whatever and so say, can I just pray for you? And, and they oh, yeah, sure, okay, you know. Um, so I think it's important to have a wider community of friends as well. But definitely, um, you know, I've got such beautiful, deep, valued friends that, um, like Dan said, you can share deeply with when things when you're having things a little bit ordinary, as they are often, um, we can share and then, um, you know, they can be praying for you, we can be praying for each other. But it's we've got to have that wider community because our, how else are we going to see these thousand people saved here? We've got, to, we've got to do that. So we've got to step out. And I love that course that we've been doing. What on earth am I here for? That's really, really challenged me. Um, it's helped me to step up a little bit a lot bolder than what I've been in the past. <laughs> I love that. I was actually going to, it's great. Hey, actually, that's, that is something to celebrate. And I, I want to dig into that a little bit. Um, you said as your faith grew more mature, as you got more bolder, because I remember in high school, um, I had this, and it's probably, um, it's just a mindset when you're younger, you're like, you're not the cool kid at school when you talk about Jesus and all that stuff. So Dan, let's, let's kind of comment to the youth of our church. Um, what have you got to say there in terms of a school environment? Um, obviously, you probably don't want to go into school with a Bible and start um, preaching the word of Jesus. How, how, would, how would that go down? Yeah, that's yeah, a good question. That sort of age group's challenging, isn't it? And I just think if I was a Christian back then, how I would have, you know, I guess, done it, it is, is tough because you want to be seen as cool and fit in and all the rest of it. And I think to reach people, it's not necessarily going in and preaching the Bible and, you know, things like that, you know, at that youth age, I think it's just being yourself and being confident in who you are and, and just loving on people and, you know, just accepting people. I think, you know, we can accept people for who they are, not so much what they do or don't do or things like that, just love people and, and be genuine about it. I think it's just, um, you know, and, and include people who may not necessarily, order, you know, naturally be included in, in certain things. I, I just think that speaks louder than anything is is your actions and just, you know, shining God's love in practical ways, loving people and 
that's probably my best piece of advice I've got for that sort of age group. Cool, love it. Hey, in fact, you actually work in schools. But it is a Christian school, but still, I know that um, <laughs> there'd be kids with kind of different um, backgrounds that come to that school. How, how does that actually play out at school? Um, so last year, I had the privilege of teaching high school for the first time, which was awesome and challenging. Um, and I, I think the teenage years are super tricky. And the, the Christian kids, I know some of um, the kids from school come here, and just the way they carried themselves around the school, the way they wore their uniforms, the way they treated others, um, just practically like Dave, uh, Dan said, um, showing God's love in that way. Because I know a lot of teenagers can get quite nasty. Um, and you saw the beautiful Christian kids just loving on others and including others. So, And I know my school definitely has a really strong mix of non-Christians, um, and that can be challenging. But... Yeah, I just think being yourself and, as Dan said, just being inclusive and being kind is important. So That's great advice. And, and if I can give any youth in here an encouraging word is that what I found over the years is that looking back, my friends now, they're still non-Christian, but they actually respect me more for, um, as they've matured, not like in their lives, they respect me more for, hey, actually, he wasn't part of that. He, he didn't do that, so I still, back then I was still part of a lot of bad things, but um, we all need Jesus and forgiveness, but, um, but looking back, it's, it's a beautiful thing, it's like, hey, they actually respect me more now because I actually had values, so it's really cool. Hey, let's move on though, so Barb, at the start, you mentioned COVID, and I guess, um, as Jeremy said this morning, Pastor Jeremy, he said that, Melbourne, you're still in a lockdown, so hey, we're praying for you guys, we love you so much, can't wait for you guys to get out of lock, um, lockdown, but in terms of COVID, when, when we had to go into restrictions, um, how did you stay in touch with friends? How did that affect you? And, and what did you do? Um, well, it was, it was definitely a, a tough time because none of us had ever done this before. Um, so I um, would very regularly um, call, phone, phone the girls in my connect group. A um, couple of times was I was able to just drop um, some goodies around to one of the ladies who was doing it pretty tough, which is a couple of small children, um, and use the old Pony Express mail. <laughs> that was really, you know, like get some cards, just some lovely cards, write some little things, and, and um, you know, and I think people were actually surprised to get mail um, and something pleasant and, and with that? some encouraging words, which was... Um, you know, I had actually a lot of feedback um, from the, the different folk that had received cards, and um, and then I'd have like I'd take little pictures of something nice and, and send it on a message with a verse of scripture and some words of encouragement, and then follow it up with um, a phone call. So it was the communication lines were definitely still open, and um, I think I think it actually took us to a. a a new level where I see that happening, it's continuing. So it hasn't stopped. Um, it, you know, we sort of like we've started something really quite um, beautiful. And, um, and again, I see it sort of multiplying amongst the girls in the group. That's cool that you saw that. But if we can rewind, so what you said just then was that you did this, you went out and you did this, you actually went and did that. So, and, and we'll dig into that, what it actually takes to be a good friend. But so it wasn't people just showering you with love. It's actually you pouring out during that time that filled you up. Is that right? Can you comment yeah. on that? And I think so, some, like, I had ordinary days too. 
and I'm thinking, I'm not going. This is not going to be a bar pity party. Um, <laughs> so I would pray and say, okay, God, who can I phone or, or encourage? What can I do to get me out of my little situation? So every time I'd think about, I can, you know, phone, send a text, um, and, and do something for someone. It actually, at the end, I think, oh, I'm, I wasn't having such a bad day after all. Because, you know, you get you're sort of out of your, your own little world and do something for somebody else. So um, one of my favourite things is just being available. Being available for what? Being available to bless people, you know. It's good. Cool. Um, it's good. Love it. Yeah. COVID's kind of brought back the old school yeah. <laughs> of actually um, going out of our way. Dan, how was it for you? Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was really challenging. I think the first sort of few weeks of it, you know, it wasn't too bad, but as it sort of went on longer and longer, it was, you know, really challenging. I'm very much a face-to-face person. I love hanging out with people and catching up face-to-face, and obviously we couldn't, we were pretty restricted around that. So I think for me, it was just using what was available. Um, um, you know, I'm, you know, I think probably being more intentional with making phone calls as opposed to text messages, you know, to people or, you know, I've got friends who live in you know, Adelaide and Melbourne all around the place. I think it's just sort of being more intentional with making phone calls um, and, you know, FaceTime and, and Zoom and just sort of taking the things that, you know, even though it was a bit awkward and a bit weird, the whole Zoom thing and over a screen, I think it was, it was best, is just what we had at the time. So, um, yeah, probably spent more time on the phone than texting, um, um, you know, on connecting with people on Zoom. I think a few of the cool kids in our church got onto something, house party, so I jumped on that and you know, connected with a few friends that way and just, yeah, just sort of, just you were pretty restricted with what we could use, but at least just making the most of what you've got yeah, in yeah. front of you and just being more intentional, more intentional with that. And for anyone that doesn't know, Dan's got like a hundred kids, so even if everything around him <laughs> kind of broke down, you've still got that friendship circle at home. Was yeah. that actually an important part to, to draw up? Uh, that was very important for us, yeah, 100%. So we're, you know, our, our worlds are so full on and so busy with uh, my world and Trish and our kids, it's, you know, every day is pretty full on. So I guess for us, actually, um, you know, we were just doing things together as a family that we, you know, probably used to do but didn't so much do, like just board game nights and, you know, just different things like that, being more intentional with our, our family time and a bit more creative and, um, yeah, I guess to building stronger friendships with my wife and the, and the, and the kids at home awesome. and that. So, yeah, yeah that was good. It was cool. they're pretty cool kids, I found out. So it was Love good, it. yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Thank you, Lord. Uh, that's cool. So, Beck, how about you? How did you cope during COVID? Did you, did you ever feel lonely? Did you, did you have that feeling creeping in? Um, and if it did, how did you deal with that? Uh, so I had a newborn during the start of COVID. So we've got a seven-month-old. So it was kind of mixed because you're in that newborn bubble and you kind of want to keep your baby protected. So it was good at the start initially, um, but we also have a very social four-year-old that absolutely needs people. And so I can be a homebody when I want to be, um, but Carter needs people. So I found that really hard and really isolating that we couldn't just go to a park and I could chat to a random mum and our, our boys could play. Um, so when I was feeling isolated, it was often a phone call. Um, I wasn't a fan of Zoom, to be honest. Um, I made myself connect on Zoom, um, especially with the mums. It was really hard because we had kids screaming and crying and demanding food and wanting you know, us to toilet them and whatnot. So it was really hard not being able to just have that one-on-one time just with another mum or another friend. 
Um, but yeah, during those isolating moments, I think it's important just to reach out and that's what I did, phone calls, um, text messages. I'm with Barb, I did a lot of snail mail. Um, I'm a big words of affirmation person, so I received letters from random people in the mail and I was also able to post quite a lot of um, friends, cups of tea, like little tea bags and little notes um, because we obviously couldn't meet in person. So, yeah, I think, like Barb said, not having a pity party and, you know, I'm all alone, what can I do? Just reaching out because people haven't disappeared. It's just a new way of finding a connection. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think what I found for me is that um, we just prayed a lot more and to like spending time with Jesus because as a kid, that was always my mum and dad always said, Jesus is your best friend. So in terms of friendships, he is my best friend. So I think I drew a lot on that and that's what I felt from you too, Barb. It actually gave us time to like, hey, who are our actual close friends? And it gave us time to actually kind of reflect, okay, What's, that, what's Jesus actually mean to me? What kind of a friend is he and what does he want for me? And then out of that, I saw that with you just then when you were sharing, you're like, oh, I need to catch up with that person. I need to do this. And it just makes you think outside. So that kind of leads me to, a, um, to, to my last question I've got for you guys. And um, I wrote this one down. So it's not actually from, I didn't come up with this saying, but there's a saying out there that says, to have a good friend is to be a good friend. So how can you be a good friend? If, we, if we're really going to break this down, if people want to walk away with some tools, some tips of some of your best friendships that you've made, because um, we've discussed, we've got friends that we've had for years, um, and Pastor John broke this down last week, that, um, that you have friends that you catch up with randomly, then you have those friends that you, um, that you actually invest in and those that you can be vulnerable with. But some kind of tips and ideas, how, if someone doesn't have a friend, if someone's lonely at the moment... How can you be a good friend? How can you make friendships? I'll start with you, Barb, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think it's important if you're going to, um, to, to obviously be very intentional, um, you know, a cup of coffee, dinner, lunch or, or, or whatever it is to get together, but invite somebody else along to connect them with somebody right, else. That's cool. So that then, um, you know, they can go, oh, you know, enjoy getting to know somebody else and sort of think then we're not alone in in the um the highs and the lows of life that we go through we definitely all go through them um and uh, so um i i think it's for, for me it's um i mean i love doing picnics and dinners and going down the beach and sitting down there and and so you know if i do something like that who could who could i invite who could i do that with cool um so and or who else could i ask to come along to make some new connections so um so we've we've been um doing that you know in our connect group uh, as well but but wider outside that community it's been lovely to see um just even with neighbors um you know, even through the COVID thing, we were all sitting out on the footpath. Somebody had organised friends to come in in a trailer with their um, with their band, and we're all sitting out on the footpath. Oh, where was and our invite? I know it was it was <laughs> so out. good, and we're that sounds like the, fun. All the good old songs that we could you know sing That's along awesome. with, um, and <clears throat> so we're all distance, and it it actually the community thing that was happening there, and sort of through that some deeper friends of uh, friendships have have um, been made. Oh, cool, I love that. Yeah, so Barb's yeah. hot tip, 
Who can I invite along to outside of my circle? Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Dan, what's your hot tip to, to be a good friend? You only need to be a good friend. It's just, um, for me, it's being there for them um, through all all seasons, whether it's they're going through a great season, challenging season, whatever. It's just, you know, being, being there for them in practical ways or just, you know, being there to, to, to listen to them and things like that. One of the first things that comes to mind is when you know, we've been through some, you know, some personal challenges before and we've had a couple of friends, you know, here at church who were there for us, who were honest with us. You know, I guess to be a good friend, you don't be afraid of hurting their feelings sometimes if it's oh, going to benefit them. So yeah. I've got that's a great. particular friend in church who's great at doing that and you know, I love it because he just sees the best in me and just encourages me and sometimes it's you know, a bit of a clip around the back of the head type of, type like of conversation. <laughs> but um, it's allowed us to do it to them as well. They, you know, we've had you know, close friends who have been through you know, challenging seasons as well with health and things and we've been there for them in different ways. So like I said before, you just you know, to, to be a good friend, it just is being there for someone. You, know, not, cool. you, want, you want them to know that it, no matter what, I can call this person or I can call you and you know, seek advice or just have, you know, you're going to be there to listen. Um, no judgment, encouraging, loving, always being available and, yeah, and just, just going out and doing things with them, I suppose. Great. I love that. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think that's my best friends have called me out on things. <laughs> and it's, it's like, yeah, you get offended real quick, but it's like, oh, he actually has the best intentions for me. And that's like, you, you're allowed to, to do that when you have that relationship. So I wouldn't take that from someone that has no fruit in their life. So it needs to be a close friend. I love that. Beck, how are you a good friend to your, to your best friends? Um, I think, I hope I'm saying this right, walk the talk. Does that make sense? So yeah, I think yeah. when, you're, when you're friends with someone, you say, you know, I'm always here for you. Like, if you need anything, let me know. I think it's actually if you're offering that to follow through. Um, the people around us that we've had through challenging seasons, for example, a few months ago I crashed my car. And it sucked. We didn't have a car. Um, but we had a friend offer his car. And it was no stress on us. It, you know, it was hard for them giving up another car but that allowed us to then go through the process of searching for a car and finalising things and all that sort of stuff. So I think if you are a friend to someone and they need help, whether that's offering to look after their kids so they can go to the doctors, um, cooking a meal for them, um, just anything practical that can actually follow through on that, I'm here for you. Um, Yeah, so walking the talk. Yeah, yeah, so it's the, the, the practical acts of kindness. I love it. Hey, that's cool. How good was that? Let's thank these guys. What we're going to do is let's just, let's just close in prayer. Um, Father, we just thank you that you're here. Jesus, we just thank you that you are our best friend. Father, I just pray for those who during this COVID season, uh, during the lockdown in Melbourne, anyone that's feeling lonely right now, just pray that they would experience the love of the Father and they know that Jesus is right there. Thank you, Father, for the wisdom that's been shared by our panel this morning. I just pray that anyone that's struggling with friendships, looking to find friends that um, that you've spoken to them right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just show them in their hearts and their minds how, um, how to go out, how to go the bold, how to meet new friends, 
and, and how to invest into good relationships, good friendships that are just going to be prospering for, for years to come, Father. God, I just pray over this church as a whole. I just pray for unity over this church, great friendships to be born in groups and weeks to come. And Father, I just thank you that you're for us during this season and that we can always come to you with all of, all of our needs and all that we need, Father God. We just thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.